This is the Aspen Public Radio Newscast. I'm your host, Eleanor Bennett, here with your top stories this Wednesday. The Valley Alliance and Homelessness hosted a panel in Glenwood Springs on Monday to discuss the challenges local groups in the Valley face in finding housing for recent immigrants. Over 170 people, many from Venezuela, have arrived in the Valley over the past three months. Caroline Yanez has more. Panelists from Voces Unidas, Recovery Resources, the Town of Carbondale, and other agencies agreed that local governments and groups were already struggling with capacity to provide services to unhoused people, and that the large group of newcomers only highlighted the issue. Jose Sáenz is a housing navigator with the West Mountain Regional Health Alliance. He says it's a lonely experience coming to a new country where your immigration status isn't secure, and that there's a real need for people with bilingual and bicultural knowledge to help. They don't know the language, they don't have any ID, they don't have much way of doing anything. You know, and how do, how do you navigate that in trying to help them and not make them feel like they don't belong? Panelists agreed that now that they're out of crisis mode, service-based nonprofits and local governments need to work together to establish a better safety net for everyone, not just for the new arrivals. Caroline Yanez, Aspen Public Radio News. City officials are optimistic that the Mid-Continent Quarry Mine in Glenwood won't be able to go through with its proposed expansion. The mine's operator, Rocky Mountain Industrials, proposed expanding the limestone mine back in 2018. And the Bureau of Land Management has been investigating the legitimacy of the proposal for the last five years. The agency looked at both the purity of the limestone being mined as well as what it was being used for. Under federal law, the rock must be put to a, quote, high-value use. But the BLM told city officials last week that the majority of the limestone deposit at the mine was being marketed for common purposes like construction, which does not qualify. The city says they've known for years that this rock is being sold for construction material. The historic Emma Schoolhouse along Highway 82 is now a Pitkin County open space property. The Emma Community Trust has overseen use and maintenance of the one-room schoolhouse since 1948, and its longtime members approached the Open Space and Trails program last summer with a proposal to turn the parcel over to the county. The transfer was recently completed. Kids in the Emma area around 1912 attended first through eighth grade in the small building with a single teacher leading classes. That's according to the Basalt Regional Heritage Society. The last classes were held there in 1948. In local arts and culture news, Aspen artist Jody Gorelnik will have a new exhibition in New York City opening tomorrow. Her paintings depict lichen and fungi through intricate patterns and vibrant colors. Through her work, Gorelnik wants to share a message about protecting the natural world, including the tiniest of organisms. She's also a master naturalist with the Forest Conservancy and an educator at the Anderson Ranch Arts Center. Gorelnik's latest show will be at the Nancy Hoffman Gallery in New York through March 16th. People can also view the works online. Lots of comedy is on the docket in the Roaring Fork Valley this week. Kaya Williams has more. The Collective in Snowmass Base Village continues a stand-up comedy series tonight with Laura Peak, who's based in L.A. She's known for her witty commentary, plus stories about her upbringing in the South. Peak has performed at the Just for Laughs Festival and Comedy Central's Roast Battle. Also tonight, there's two comedy shows with Hannah Burner at the Belly Up in Aspen. 
Werner has performed it just for laughs, too, and you might recognize the New York-based comic from a couple of reality shows on Bravo. If you're already booked solid tonight, look for local talent at the Isis Theater on Sunday. Comedians like Ryan Honey, Miller Ford, and Zoe Rome will be on stage for that show. From the Atlas Neeson Arts and Culture Desk, I'm Kaya Williams. And don't forget, the Art Base in Basalt will host a closing party for its Art and Process exhibition on Friday night. Local painter and designer Raina Katzenberger has been leading the project. It invites guest artists and gallery visitors to collaborate and experiment with their creativity. Some freestyle skiers and boarders didn't get much of a break after the Winter X Games. Several of the athletes who competed in Aspen this past weekend are already on to their next event. The U.S. Grand Prix is underway at Mammoth Mountain in California. Aspen's Alex Ferreira, who won a gold medal in the X Games Ski Superpipe on Sunday, is competing. Two other local skiers, Tristan Feinberg and Cassidy Jarrell, are also on the roster for the Grand Prix. Sunlight Mountain will host a ski spree this Saturday with live bands, vendors, and activities during the day, and fire dancers, a torchlight parade, and fireworks once the sun sets. Reporter Kaya Williams went skiing there yesterday and says conditions are great on the groomed runs. She enjoyed some smooth corduroy and almost empty slopes in the morning, but since there hasn't been a lot of snow recently, Kaya says off-piste terrain can be an adventurous experience. Expect some obstacles like rocks and logs if you're heading into challenging terrain. There is snow in the forecast, about a 30% chance of snow moving in tomorrow night, and a 90% chance of snow on Friday and Saturday. Open Snow says the slopes could get up to 15 inches by Monday morning. In statewide news, Colorado's top water officials voted to give $20 million to a Western Slope group with plans to buy an important water right on the Colorado River and Glenwood Canyon. KUNC's Alex Hager has the details. The money brings the Colorado River District about a fifth of the way towards its goal of buying the Shoshone water right. The water is currently used to generate hydropower near Glenwood Springs, but it flows right back into the Colorado River. The River District wants to make sure that doesn't change. They say it's important to keep water in the river for fish, farms, and cities downstream. The taxpayer-funded River District also plans to use money from its coffers and the federal government. They'll permanently lease the water back to XL Energy to keep the hydropower turbines running and the water in the river. I'm Alex Hager. Nearly 3,000 immigrant children, mainly from Venezuela, have joined the Denver public school system since July. NBC News reports schools received their funding for the year based on their population in October, and officials say it's been hard to pay for the increasing numbers. A dual-language school in Denver says it's been receiving 5 to 10 new students per week. That's the number of new students the K-8 school used to receive over a year. School administrators in Denver told NBC they've been able to handle the increased numbers so far, but that the rate of growth is not sustainable without more outside funding. And in regional news, flooding doesn't often come to mind when you think of the risks posed by wildfires, but federal disaster officials say that it should. The Mountain West News Bureau's Murphy Woodhouse has more. Intense wildfires can burn up much of a landscape's vegetation and the roots below the ground, leaving behind a burn scar. And so all of the things that soak up water, you know, in a normal circumstance are gone. 
And so for a period of up to five years, it makes those areas that have experienced wildfires at a much, much higher risk of flooding. Jeff Jackson is a high-ranking insurance official with FEMA. He says that even small amounts of rain can cause flooding near burn scars and that climate change is bringing less predictable and sometimes extreme rainfall. Because most homeowners insurance policies don't cover flood damage, residents near recent burns can be vulnerable to major uncovered losses. He shared recommendations. Reach out to, to their insurance uh, agent today. Uh, talk to them about the concerns that they have. Uh, tell them you'd like to pick up a flood policy. He says flood policies have a 30-day waiting period and advises against waiting for rain in the forecast. For the Mountain West News Bureau, I'm Murphy Woodhouse. The Aspen Public Radio Newscast is produced by our news team, which includes Hallie Zander, Caroline Yanez, Kaya Williams, and me, your host, Eleanor Bennett. You can listen to the show every weekday morning on our website or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening and see you next time.